when I thought about the three pillars that were able to drive that success, it was attracting the right talent, developing the right talent, and retaining them. And so recruit is how do you attract high-performing leaders? Develop, how do we train them to stay? And one of my favorite quotes is train them to leave, but treat them to stay, which is a beautiful segue into the third portion, which is retain. How do you engage the hearts and minds of your employees, which in turn will engage the hearts and minds of your consumers, to retain these high-performing leaders and these high-performing teams? Welcome to the KayaCast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow, and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers, plus practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry. Welcome back to the KayaCast podcast. I am your host, Tom Mulhern, and this is the cannabis podcast aimed at helping you grow, scale, launch a cannabis business. Well, today, I have an amazing guest, Jessica Cranny, who is the managing partner at GRN Mile High. Join me for a conversation. And when I say a conversation, I mean a long conversation. It was There was so much good content that we've actually decided to break this up into two parts. So we're going to start with the first part of our conversation today, where Jessica really dives into you know, how to get started in the cannabis industry, the three pillars of employee success that they've built their company around, and that is recruit, train, and retain. And, you know, we go through a whole bunch of different things from how to find the right people and how to hire them, creating a consistent interview process. There's there's so much good. And then next week, we're going to dive into a bonus episode where Jessica's going to go through the four pillars of retention. I'm not going to tell you what they are. You're going to have to tune in next week to find that out. So let's start with the first part of our episode, my conversation with Jessica Cranny. Jessica Cranny is the managing partner and chief connection officer at GRN Mile High a prestigious cannabis consulting and recruiting firm. With an impressive background spanning over two decades, Jessica possesses extensive expertise in leadership, organizational development, and retail management. Jessica spent more than 15 years honing her skills at a Fortune 500 telecom company. Her innate passion for people development enabled her to cultivate highly motivated and engaged teams that consistently achieve success. Eventually, Jessica's professional pursuits and personal interests converged, leading her to the thriving cannabis industry. Leveraging her proven track record in organizational and talent development, labor management, exceptional sales performance, and innovative marketing strategies, Jessica has found the perfect synergy that allows her to excel in the cannabis sector. So, Jessica, welcome to the KayaCast podcast. It's fantastic to have you here. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you guys so much for having me, Tom and Team KayaCast. I'm really, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Jessica, how did you kind of transition from, you know, you had this very successful career in a telecom industry to becoming a leader in cannabis for recruiting and consulting? Cannabis was nowhere on my professional background, as you had alluded to. I come from a pretty conservative you know, Fortune 50 Telecom, but cannabis was all over my personal background. I found myself a little disenfranchised with corporate America for a variety of reasons, just found myself waking up and saying, I don't totally know what I'm going to do next, but I know that there's something different or better for me. And I found my way into a very large 
a reputable operator. At the time, they had 15 retail locations throughout Colorado. The head of their retail operations was with that operator for about a year, a year and a half, scaled them from 15 locations to 17, but really found that a lot of the business models that I were bringing to the retail platform translated into the production and cultivation and manufacturing sides of the house or the HQ support side as well. So about a year and a half, having made the transition, I was recruited by about four or five different operators. I was this unicorn who had, you know, 15 plus years of traditional enterprise experience, proven business models, playbooks that we knew worked. I found myself starting a consultancy firm that was largely based in organizational development and really employee development and retention and organically kind of found myself recruiting. And so today, Tom, long story short or short story long, we spend the balance of our time consulting with cannabis and what I would consider can adjacent operators. Maybe they're not plant touching like myself, but their product or service caters to the industry. And we engage and we provide services from organizational development. Really, when you think about recruiting, training, and retaining your employees. Simply put, do you have the right butts in the right seats doing the right things? For those candidates that you're looking at that are coming into the cannabis industry, they're just brand new. They've been in, you know, like myself in insurance or something that they're like, oh, this is soul sucking. And they want to get into something they're passionate about. How do you help people get started in cannabis? What I often educate people to do is subscribe to MJ Biz and click a couple of the daily or weekly newsletters that are important to you. Read the digital copy monthly and just go to the front section that talks about what's new in their state. If they're in Illinois, if they're in California, Colorado, New Mexico, just keep a pulse on the industry so that when you are given an opportunity to sit in front of somebody on the other side of that desk, you can demonstrate, I'm not trying to get into cannabis because it's a shiny new penny. I'm genuinely interested. I've kept a pulse on the industry. I've educated myself. I understand 280E taxation. I understand child-resistant packaging, those kinds of things. So one, educate yourself and be prepared to speak at a high level. I'm not saying you have to write a master's thesis on it, but be able to have an intelligent conversation that says, I care about this. Do you find that there's certain things people can do to immediately just kind of fit in to the culture? In many cases, folks are coming from a more traditional enterprise, right? A Nike, a FedEx, an Amazon, an AT&T, those kinds of things. I would say... Be proud of those quote unquote white collar roots, but be prepared to demonstrate blue collar work ethic. And you might get into cannabis and feel like it's soul sucking too. And for entirely different reasons. I try and scare out of industry candidates who think like this is some shiny fun thing because it is, don't get me wrong, but you're not going to be getting high on your 15 minute break and like ripping the, the dab rig you know, every day after work. You will, but not on site. I think there's also a misconception when you don't understand 280E taxation about some of the haircut that's required to come into a cannabis operator, a plant touching operator. You know, a director at a plant touching operator is not always compensated the same as a director at a Nike. And that's just because of our financial and tax implications. They don't not make it up. On You end up being whole, but on the base, there sometimes is a little bit of some give and take. And so you, you need to be educated about that and, and kind of serious about the commitment to get into the industry. And so I think if you demonstrate that authenticity and you demonstrate that commitment, those things will come through. And so that's how you get a part of the culture, whether you show up wearing a, a suit or overalls. I, I really don't think it matters because you will engage and encounter with everybody. And, and those same two people could be heads of the same size companies. I'd love if you could 
kind of explain more about your strategy of recruit, train, and retain. What do you mean when you say recruit, train, and retain, and why does that matter? I have a firm passion and a commitment to people-first leadership. And my success throughout my career at at and for 17 years, my career transitioning into cannabis, both working for operators directly, as well as a contracted or external consultant, that success has always attributed back to me not being the smartest person in the room, but hiring smarter people around me and to support me. When I thought about the three pillars that were able to drive that success, it was attracting the right talent, developing the right talent, and retaining them. And so recruit is how do you attract high-performing leaders? Develop, how do we train them to stay? And one of my favorite quotes is, train them to leave, but treat them to stay, which is a beautiful segue into the third portion, which is retain. How do you engage the hearts and minds of your employees, which in turn will engage the hearts and minds of your consumers, to retain these high-performing leaders and these high-performing teams? And so those were three things that I had demonstrated exceptionally well throughout my career And those are the areas that I have found that I add value. Those are the things that leading companies hire me to do. And I kind of said this earlier, but do you have the right butts in the right seats doing the right things? How do you get the right butts in the right seats? What are the best ways to recruit quality candidates for leadership positions? I think the first one is absolutely appropriate expectation setting. Ultimately, are we qualifying the candidate appropriately for what the role and responsibilities are? And is that aligned with what the company is willing to pay and what the candidate is willing to work for? expectation setting and qualification both at the candidate level as well as at the client level are critical. The other thing I would say is once we identify really what we're looking for is having an interview cadence. And I'm not saying we we don't ever deviate from it, but like, hey, the first round interview is going to go through this person. We're not going to go through more than three. We will get through our interview process in less than three weeks because if you start dragging things out and you like somebody in the beginning, but you keep waiting for more, you're going to lose that person. And so let's have a dedicated process. The first round is going to be, you know, just an intro conversation with HR. The second round is going to be a panel with the hiring manager and a few peer colleagues. And the final round is going to be with some executive leader. Those would be the three steps. And we've got a cadence for that. We know who the players are. We have their commitment to be involved, to get their feedback and to move clearly through the process. Because that is as important to the candidate's view of the interview of the company? Because an interview is a two-way process. It's not just the the company interviewing the candidate to hire them. It's the candidate electing to go to work for them. And that process is as much a reflection on their company and the future work culture that they're coming into. On average, assuming the, the company's timeline fits within this and their interview cadence does, we can move from search to offer in under three weeks. But more importantly than that, Tom, we have higher than a 75% retention ratio for 12 months or better. Do you find that there's a pretty good ROI for retention? How we measure our success for our clients on the training and development side is increase to sales or decrease to cost, right? Are we effectively retooling your workforce to either earn you more money or save you more money? And that's how we measure that. And so usually if we've been engaged for frontline sales and development training, you will see an increase to your average basket price or your average ticket price by north of 15%. In many cases, it's north of 20. On the labor and management side or the the cost reduction side, you will see a decrease of about 15%. What I find with a lot of my clients is in both retail and on production, they often have like three or four people kind of turning one wrench 
or they haven't optimized scheduling to the best needs of what their consumers need, but rather we have eight people off on a Saturday because two of them have Frisbee golf and one of them's got basket weaving and the other one's kid has a something and the other one has a flat tire. Love that. And I'm not trying to be difficult, but we have to optimize our schedule to the needs of our consumers. We can't have full lobbies on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays when our consumers are there because our employees don't feel like working. So usually you will see an improvement to your labor and operating costs by just kind of reallocating headcount. We achieve that by ensuring, again, that the right people are in the right places doing the right things. And you know, if you've got a store that has, I'll just use round numbers, 10 bud tenders, they have no business having four assistant managers and two more inventory people and a store manager. Think about that. Over half of your staff is not designed to be weighing weed. In most retailers, that's anywhere from 20 to 25%. If you're higher than 30, you're really pushing it. And so those are just things that we're able to to help with folks on that front. One last question. What is one tip that you would have for a business owner when it comes to hiring and recruiting talent? From your vast experience, what's just one little tip that you would have for someone? I've said this these two words a couple of times, but transparency and authenticity are critical. So it's important that you're transparent about what you're hiring this person to do and that you're authentic in the need that you have for this person to come in. And in some cases, I've worked with people who said, well, they brought me in as this and they were going to promote me to this and it's been a year and it hasn't happened and I know they want to. But and, and so we really need to hold ourselves accountable and look in the mirror and say, what am I looking for? And how honest am I willing to be with myself about that? And how honest am I willing to be with the candidate about that? How can people connect with you and GRN Mile High and what you're doing? Thank you for asking. Yeah, we do support operators in any legalized, whether it's medicinal or recreational state in the United States and Canada. We also do work with CBD exclusive providers as well. And you can get in touch with me, guys, any way that you would like. We are on LinkedIn at GRN Mile High. We are on Instagram at GRN Mile High, Facebook got a website. You can find me directly. My contact info will be here. Shit, send a smoke signal. Tap it out in Morse code, guys. I'm way too old for TikTok or Snapchat, but pretty much anything else is fair game. Jessica, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time. I want to have you back to even dive deeper into some of this stuff. So I really appreciate you being on the show. I really appreciate the opportunity, the invitation, and I would be honored and privileged to come back for any follow-up topics that you know are exceptionally interesting to, to you in the audience. I want to thank Jessica again for taking the time to unpack so much good content about how to find the right people, how to keep those people, and really how to develop a company culture that is going to keep people around. You know, when people know that you support them, that you care about them, that you've got their backs, they're going to stick around. And so I hope you found value in this. I'd really encourage you to listen next week to the rest of my conversation with Jessica Cranny where she's going to dive into four pillars for retaining great employees. So tune into that. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, subscribe to the podcast because that really helps us deliver content to you every week that is going to help you grow your business as well. I really need your help. There's a link in the bio for you to nominate the KayaCast podcast for Cannabis Podcast of the Year at MJ BizCon's brand new MJ Awards happening this fall. All you have to do is click the link, put in your favorite cannabis business and hit submit. If we get enough nominations, 
We really, really hope that we are able to win this award this year. And again, I appreciate everyone who's listening and stay tuned to the KayaCast podcast. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.